want to eradicate wrong questions in English from this planet and you are the only one who can help me. Oh, hi there. Hey, welcome to Fluent For Real. If you want to boost your career and you need English to do that, you are in the right place. Take your English from okay, intermediate to advanced with us. 94% of you guys can't ask questions properly. That's what you told me when I asked you guys on Instagram stories how you felt about questions, if you felt that you asked questions correctly or not. By the way, follow us on Instagram and other social media to keep up with our content. When I say ask questions properly, I mean ask them correctly, grammatically speaking, 90% of the time or more. It's not just about understanding what is a right question and what is a wrong question. It's about also using it properly. And I have a couple theories on why that is. In this video, we will respond four questions about questions. Why we can't ask them correctly. What is a correct question? Which are the exceptions? And finally, how to stop making these mistakes. Why? Why do we make mistakes when asking questions in English? Well, my personal opinion is that it's not so easy because we, Portuguese speakers, we were born and raised simply changing the intonation of our questions. We don't have to change anything in the structure of the sentence, of the affirmative sentence, to make it into an interrogative sentence. So to us, it's a little tricky. Number two, from my experience, 14 years teaching in the classroom, from basic to advanced students, is that we deep down think we don't have to. We don't really see the point. We don't think it's necessary because we can handle things well, just changing the intonation in Portuguese. And we think deep down, maybe it's not something you say to yourself, you admit to yourself, but it might, it might be something that deep down is in your head. You know, we just think it's not necessary. It's okay not to ask the question the right way grammatically speaking. But newsflash, that's not how the cookie crumbles. In fact, it causes a lot of pollution in your communication and we do need to change that. We do need to correct that once and for all. I may enter. You can do me a favor and call him. We should cut costs. When you read the report. What do they mean? When do you read or when did you read? When you read that question, you can't tell if it's about the present or the past. And the simple fact that when something as important as asking questions is done systematically, incorrectly by you, you automatically become like a source of miscommunication. You ask a question one time, two times, three times, and the person on the other side, the listener, has to double check with you, what's wrong, wait, I don't get it. Automatically, that person is going to look at you and feel insecure when you are speaking. They may feel like they have to be extra careful around you, you know, and, and that makes the communication more tense. Who would that listener prefer to talk to if they have something really important that needs a quick solution, that needs absolute clear communication? The you that is super competent, technically speaking, a great professional, but produces a polluted communication that needs clarification more often than not, 
or the you with all that competence, great professional the same way, but is able to produce language correctly and never causes or causes pollution. 5%, 10% of the time, not all the time. Which one? Which one would you choose? The goal then to correct yourself when it comes to asking questions is to allow that communication to flow and not to be a barrier in your profession, in your career. Whether you are writing an email or you are face-to-face, -face, your questions should be asked correctly, no barriers. If you have come this far, like the video, subscribe to the channel and leave a comment or a question, if you will. What? What is a correct question? Questions can come in two shapes. Yes or no questions. Is the client satisfied? Yes or no. Did they sign the contract? Yes, they did. No, they didn't. Two options are possible or you are looking for one answer or another. You are looking for a yes or a no when you ask that question. Of course, the answer can be different, but in theory, there are two possibilities for a yes or no question. WH questions. Endless possibilities. How did the client react? He was dissatisfied, he was thrilled, he was frustrated, etc. Who signed the contract? The lawyers? The partners? The clients? Who did? First, let's talk about yes or no questions. As a rule, generally speaking, all in all, the structure of a yes or no question happens like this. First, there is a verb. I am going to talk about that each part actually thoroughly. Just hold on a sec. Follow me. Stay with me. Verb. And then there is a subject. And then there is a second verb or just the rest of the sentence. For example, have you decided? Have is the auxiliary verb. Have you is the subject. Decided is the second verb. In this case, the action verb. Verb, subject, second verb. If it is a WH question, the rule remains the same. The difference is the WH question will come before anything else. What, where, who, WH, and then the verb, and then the subject, and then a second verb or simply the rest of the sentence. What have you decided? As a rule, there are exceptions. Wait for it. So about the first element, the verb that starts it all. That verb can be a verb to be. Am, is, are, was, were. Are you available right now? Was he satisfied with the product? If there is a second verb in the sentence, an action verb, that verb will come after the subject. You will separate the verbal structure and put and place the subject in the middle like this. Are they listening? Were you able to attend the meeting? We separate the auxiliary verb or verb to be in this case from the action verb. Are they listening? P.S. If you don't like technical verbs, if you are not very into these words like subject, object, etc., just think of the subject as the person or object that does the action. The element that is responsible for the action. Are they working? They is the subject. They working. They is, or maybe not, conducting the action of working. That's the subject of the sentence. They. Well, we talked about the verb to be as that first initial verb, but there are many others that can be used. There are other auxiliary verbs that exist in the question just to make that question exist, 
really. They don't express any kind of action. Which is the case of do, does in the present, did for the past, have or had. Do you work a lot? Does she work a lot? Did you work a lot last week? Have you worked a lot recently? Have you been working a lot recently? Had you worked a lot before the pandemic? Had you been working a lot before the pandemic started? Modal verbs are also auxiliary verbs. They express a mental idea, but they are not actually an action. They need another verb to complement the full action. Those verbs are can, could, will, would, must, should, may, might. Should we join the meeting? Can we join the meeting? Must we join the meeting? Will we be joining the meeting? Once again, the subject separates the modal verb from the action verb. Must we join the meeting? Attention, attention. The verb to be, depending on the verb tense, the construction that you're doing, especially in progressive constructions, stays with the action verb, like this. First verb, will we be joining the meeting? Have you been working hard recently? Had you been working hard before the pandemic? Let's take a look now at examples of WH questions. Where? When? What time? Why? How old? How far? How often? The same rule that applies to yes or no question applies to WH questions too. I will have a WH question followed by the auxiliary verb do, did, will, have, has, must, should, can, could, etc. plus the subject plus the rest of the sentence, whether it is just the rest of the sentence or maybe there is another verb, a second verb right there, like this. Where is she? Or where is she working? This rule, like I said, applies to all WH questions except for the ones that are exceptions. Yes. Questions what, who and whom. Question what is going to ask a question about something that is not a person, that is not a human being. But that something in the sentence can be something that does the action or something that receives the action. I prefer changing the decision. I'm sorry, what? What do you prefer? The action changing that decision comes after the verb prefer, which means it is the object of the sentence, it receives the action. I prefer something. I do the action of preferring and changing the decision is the object of that action. So I keep the rule. What plus auxiliary verb, subject and the second verb. What do you prefer? Then an action can be the object of the sentence. I prefer changing the decision. I prefer this option. I prefer John for the job. John for the job. Then John is the object of the sentence, but John is a person. In this example then, John is the object of the sentence, but John is a person. In real life, he's a human being. That means that the same example using John would be, I prefer John for the job. I'm sorry, who? Who do you prefer for the job? Who do you prefer? Or in formal situations, writing or speaking, whom do you prefer? Who do you prefer? Everyday English, speaking or writing. Whom do you prefer? Is the question for object when the object is a person. 
and when you are in a formal situation, writing or speaking. In sum, questions what and who or whom, when asking about the object of the sentence, follow the exact same rules as any other question. The WH question, auxiliary verb, subject, and second verb, or not. But then which are the exceptions? Now, when questions what or who are actually asking about the subject of the sentence, then the rule is different. We have a problem. Houston, we are ready to launch. We are ready to launch the rocket. I repeat, ready to launch, final checklist. WH question who? Check. Auxiliary verb? Check. Subject of the sentence? Wait, wait a minute. No subject. I repeat, no subject. Mayday, mayday. No subject in the sentence. We don't know the subject. We cannot launch. I repeat. If you are asking about the subject, that means there is no subject in the sentence to include in your question. So how is it going to happen? What do you do? Ignore all the rules. Simply ask who plus the rest of the sentence just like you do in the affirmative or what plus the rest of the sentence, just like in the affirmative too. Who received the email? Who would agree with us? What has just arrived? Question who or what for the subject, however, must be constructed in the singular form. Even if you know the answer is plural, even if it's clear that the answer is plural or singular, all the directors have arrived for the audit. Oh my God, who? Who has arrived? Oh my God, who has arrived for the audit? Oh my God, I'm, I'm so nervous. Always singular, considering he, she, or it. Who has arrived? What has arrived? Who is? Who has? Who was? Who likes? What likes? What is? What seems to be the problem? Who likes pizza here? Let's order some pizza. We have some other questions that are contrarians, but they all make sense, so stay with me. Question which? When I ask which, which is a question for selection, I usually have a few options. So I want to present that object or that situation that I'm talking about to you, the listener. If it's clear in the situation, I don't have to necessarily worry about it. But pay attention, because if you do mention that object, it has to come in the right position in the sentence. Which folder is the file in? Which meeting should I attend? Which, then the object of selection, which car, which folder, and then the auxiliary verb, and then the subject, and then the verb, the second verb, if there is one. Which car did the company send me? Which client do I call first? The same rule for the subject question is applied in this situation too. Which computer broke down? No auxiliary verb did, just which, plus the object, plus the complete sentence like it is in the affirmative. Which computer broke down? Question how many, asking for quantity. It also needs an object because it's counting something and you want to mention that something in the question. You don't have to, maybe it is implied, maybe it's clear in the conversation, but if you do want to mention it, you have to place it in the right position. And that object always comes in the plural. How many plus a word, a noun in the plural. How many people, how many cars, how many problems, how many departments are we going to include? Now, question for you. Do you think the subject rule applies to how many? Of course it does. How many companies participated in the bid? How many attempts will be necessary? Last but not least, the WH question that texts you gets a blue tick 
two blue ticks and never gets a reply from you. Poor thing gets ignored on a daily basis. Question, whose? It's a question to talk about the possession of things. Who owns it? Who does it belong to? Who possesses it? Whose is it? We don't have a specific question like that in Portuguese, so that is why it is harder to remember it. But it's probably one of the first things you ever learned in English when you were learning English at the beginning of your times learning English, and chances are you still don't know how to use it. But that's okay, that's why I am here, that's what I want to do, help you get there. Whose object, auxiliary verb, subject, and verb. Once again, we use the object right after whose to contextualize and to mention the object that we are actually going to talk about or going to ask about. Hey, whose contract needs to be signed? Oh, it's John's contract. Yeah, his contract needs to be signed. And how to ask the questions correctly? You need to train yourself in that logic of the verb coming first and also set an internal alarm so that when you do make a mistake, when you do forget that new training, you correct yourself. It's gonna take time, it's not gonna come easily like that. It will take some time, but it is possible. It's more than possible, actually. It's certain. If you do the right training, it's certain that you will be able to fix that. Now, if you leave this video thinking that you can still ask questions the way you do and you don't need to correct them, so everything that you have watched so far is not gonna work for you. You really need to realize that it's time to change the way you ask questions in English. It needs to matter to you. It needs to be a challenge. You need to understand the importance of asking questions correctly and how much that will change your English. Having said that, let's start training. I will give you one initial sentence and question. You will repeat that out loud, not just in your head because it's not gonna work just in your head. And you will be and you will be changing the auxiliary verbs one by one. But you need to think about the meaning of what it is you are saying, of the question you are constructing. Don't be a robot. Say it, produce that question, thinking about a situation you would use that in, thinking about the time you are expressing, if it's future, present, or past. To make those brain connections strong, to really train your brain into something new. Teach your brain what is right. And remember, start from the verb. 99% of the time, you will start from the verb. They follow the procedure. Transforming to an interrogative yes or no question, how does it go? Do they follow the procedure? Repeat after me. Did. Can. Must. Should. Would. Will. Did. Do. Now repeat after me. She went into the meeting room. The interrogative would be, did she go into the meeting room? Does. Will. Would. Can. Should. Let's try a WH question now. 
They should have left the office. Repeat after me, please. What should they have done? Could. Might. Would. Must. Should. Repeat after me, please. What have they done? Had. Did. Attention to the construction. What did they do? Did you get it right? What did they do? Do. Will. Can. Must. Should. Now you'll be constructing the whole question. They will be able to go. Where? Where will they be able to go? She has arrived. Where? Where has she arrived? She has bought a new machine. Which machine? Which machine has she bought? They were going to meet some clients. Who for the subject? Who was going to meet some clients? Your assistance will be necessary. Whose? Whose assistance will be necessary? The company is supposed to purchase three trucks. How many? It's disturbing their work. Why? Why is it disturbing their work? We should have kept an eye on the market. What? For the object, remember. What should we have kept an eye on? Repeat this exercise as many times as you need to firm up your brain connections about how to ask questions correctly. Get yourself to produce correct language, not just listen to correct language or read correct language. You can do the same exercise with any sentence in front of you, on the internet, in a book. Transform the sentences into questions remembering the rules. But don't just do it in your head, do it out loud, do it speaking. I want to eradicate wrong questions in English from this planet and you are the only one who can help me. Follow us for daily content on social media and we have big lessons every Monday and Thursday 9pm on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, everywhere. See you guys next time and I really hope you guys enjoyed this lesson because I had a lot of fun making it and creating it and I did my best to bring all the details that I could in this lesson about questions which matters a lot to me. Thank you so much for watching and see you next time. Bye-bye.